Their jerseys may not hang in the rafters in Staples Center, but they hang in our hearts. You're listening to the Forgotten Lakers podcast. Hi, Jermaine. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, so I know we've interacted a lot on Instagram uh, the last few months on the Forgotten Lakers account. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about the podcast. Uh, It's called Forgotten Lakers. Just, you know, it's a podcast uh, for Laker fans to catch up with Lakers from the past, uh, you know, talk to them about their history with basketball, their time in Los Angeles and what they're doing now. Um, I've done a lot of episodes with the 2004, 2005 Lakers, um, you know, with guys from your year in LA. I did uh, one with Devin George, uh, Brian Cook, Tier Brown, um, gosh, Tony Bobbitt. um, Oh, Bob. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chucky Atkins. uh, Yeah, a lot of guys. Brian Grant. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of guys from that year. And, um, you know, when I started this a little over a year ago, uh, you know, people who follow the Instagram account would say, oh, you got to get Jermaine Jones. You got to get Jermaine Jones. And so uh, I'm glad we were finally getting to it. Yeah. Yeah, I actually just moved out uh, to Vegas uh, Friday. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, you were yeah, in the just moved Atlanta out here. I was, Well, I was in Philadelphia the past two years. Uh, I was working with doing a little work with their youth program there. And my girl, she she here working with the WNBA team. She works in the front office with the Vegas oh, team cool. here. So and she's been here what eight, nine months. Oh nice. And, um, uh, we just, yeah, I, I see where you <laughs> <laughs> Well that's cool. I see all your posts about the Eagles. So I I f I didn't know if you were living in Philadelphia or if you're from Philadelphia. No, I've been a I've been an Eagles fan since Randall Cunningham. <laughs> oh, cool! I remember that name. I'm a Dallas native, so he was brief. He was briefly a cowboy as well. Yeah, I was I was a huge Randall Cunningham fan, <laughs> and it's and it's and it's funny because um, um, my girl knows how big a Randall Cunningham fan I am, and she ended up taking me to church one and he has his own church here. Oh, wow. You said he has his own church? Yeah, he's a pastor. Oh, wow. Very cool. I I hadn't heard that about him. That's neat. So to get started, so one of the first questions I'll like to get started with with former Lakers is, uh, you know, how did you get into basketball and when did you realize that you had a real future in it? (laughs) Well, um, the first time I touched basketball, I was 11 years old. Mm. And I didn't like basketball then. I didn't know anything about basketball. All I knew was when I went outside, all my friends were at basketball practice. Oh, yeah. So I figured, okay, well, why don't I just go try and play basketball? That's all my <laughs> friends were there. Because I had nobody to play with when I went outside. This so was I in a, to give it a try. Cool. And this was in a Cocoa, Florida? Yeah, Cocoa, Florida. You know, so you're 11, you're 11 years old. You're starting to play basketball. Um, when did you realize that you had a future in it? I'll probably say probably my junior year in high school. Because mm-hmm. my coach was, he was, um, you know, I played my first two years uh, in middle school, which I wasn't really good at all. <laughs> they used to call me, uh, they used to call me Manute Bowl. <laughs> they was uh-huh. like I was just tall and I wasn't very good. 
So that was my nickname. People still call me that when I go home. People always <laughs> wonder why they call me that. So I wasn't really good, and then I moved. I moved to Georgia, small town in uh, in in Georgia, South Georgia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a coach who was really really good, and he just started teaching me the fundamentals of basketball. Like he would drill me all day. Like I used to stay with him on the weekend so he can help me. Then he got me involved into this AAU program called Atlanta Celtics. Mm-hmm. That kind of drive me because I always had the mentality that I was like, if if I was really involved in something, I always want to be better than my friends and be better than anybody else that was around. Oh yeah. So my work, my work had to kind of kick in on that. How long was it until uh, some college coaches started sniffing around? Uh, it's a funny, funny thing was it was like my sophomore. No, it was, yeah, it was my sophomore year. And I was super athletic back then. Like all I wanted to do was dunk. Yeah. And then my coach, my coach came up to me one day and said, "Listen, you no more dunks at practice. If you dunk at practice, then we're gonna uh, we're gonna get on the line." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Because I was like, why why would you do that to me?" Because he was like, he was like, "Because you're going to college and you're going to play, and you need to start learning how to do other things to get to college. Because there's gonna be a, a lot of kids that's gonna be just as athletic as you are." Mm. So I took that into my and from that day, like I never even had college on my mind until he told me that. So from that, from from probably the summer of tenth grade to eleventh grade, because that's when I really focused in on adding everything else to my game. And I'm just going through your uh, college stats. So you were two years at Georgia. Um, did you? You know, obviously had very successful two years stint there. Um, so summer of 99, you decide to enter the NBA draft. What went into your decision to leave college early? I had no intentions on leaving college early at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the coach, well, first of all, I went, I signed to uh, University of Georgia because of Tubby Smith was there. Mm-hmm. I had an interest of playing with him. I always felt like I needed a stern coach mm-hmm. and I always thought that highly of him. So I, I signed there, and as soon as I signed, he left for Kentucky. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably about the time he went and, to Kentucky. And won the championship that year. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? So right. then they hired they hired an assistant coach that that uh, was the assistant coach for him. So um, I played for him the two years. They fired him. Then they bring in Jim Harry. Mm. And uh, I was having a meeting with Jim Harry. And, you know, because I had a lot of agents and stuff like that reaching out to me, but I'm like, well, I'm not really, um, let me go. I, I had no intentions on leaving school, and so I met with him, and he was, you know, I was talking to him just kind of see what kind of guy he was, see if I could play for him. And uh, he was like, so what are you going to do, Jermaine? Are you going to stay in school? I said, well, after me getting comfortable with him, I felt good, so I was going to stay in school. And yeah. his words to me before the meeting was out, he was like, listen, Jermaine, if you leave school right now, you'll be pumping gas in 10 years. Oh, yeah. That was, that was his exact words to me. <laughs> I didn't take too kindly of that. No, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take too kindly of that. So what I did was, as soon as I left outside of the meeting, I called one of the agents and said, listen, man, I'm entering the draft. He was like, well, what happened? 
Yeah. And I said, man, don't worry about it. Just set up me some, set up me some trials and teams that I need to be working out for. And every every um every team I went to in the morning times, I always wrote on a piece of paper, pump and gas in ten years. So when I wake up in the morning, I can see it. Wow, and cool. the funny and the fun and the funny story is when I was playing for the Lakers, um, you know Lamar Odom was there. This this was the same coach that coached him at Rhode Island. Oh yeah. So he comes in the tunnel and he comes up to me and asks me, "Do I remember who he is?" <laughs> and I was like, "I say, do I remember you?" I say, first of all, I want to shake your hand because you're the reason I'm wearing this Lakers uniform." Uh-huh. And I walked away from him. It was it was cool for me to say that. Oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's funny that uh, you bring up those, you know, getting ready to work out for the 99 draft. Um, when I did an episode with Devin George, he was talking about working out against you in that uh, in those workouts heading into that draft. And uh, yeah. that he used to always tease you that he made you drop down a few spots or something in the first round. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Devin said. I'm just telling you that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what happened. But we we did have a whole uh, we had a we had a whole class of threes in, in '99. Uh huh. We had like that was the class all the three men, all the all the threes came out. Corey McGetty, John mm-hmm. Marion. Oh yeah. Um, Tim James, James Posey, Ron Artest. Oh yeah. Lamar Odom was considered a three then. Yeah, yeah. Cor- Corey McGetty. <laughs> uh, man, it was it was at least 10, 15 of us. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought Corey was coming out of school. Nobody expected quite, like two or three of the threes to be coming out. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just remember when I did that episode with Devin. Um, no, no, what, gets... no, but 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 my point is, let me tell you why I dropped in the draft. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was supposed to get drafted by Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Cleveland told me they told me if they couldn't get Sean Marion at eleven, that they were going to draft me. Mm-hmm. So Sean Marion goes at nine to to Phoenix. I mm-hmm. knew I was going to Cleveland. Trajan Lane screwed the whole draft up, getting drafted. At oh yeah, yeah. Well, I just looked. It was <laughs> Trajan Langdon. That's how I dropped. Oh, okay. Because I only because I only worked out for the lottery teams. Oh, I hear you. Oh, okay, so the other, all the other teams after that didn't get a chance to work you out then. Yeah, because I was projected to be lottery. I got invited to the draft. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Man, some of yeah. these. Um, I'm looking at the '99 draft. Some of the guys selected ahead of you. Uh, I don't even know, like Cal Bowdler, Bowdler. I don't even know who that is. Um, Bowdler. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, that's funny. I worked with him and uh, I think just did a, a bit with him in Atlanta. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, all these other guys, I remember who they were, but that's a name that's escaped me. Yeah, that's okay, what yeah. threw the whole draft up for a lot of people because nobody expected trading to get drafted to the second round. Oh, okay. Yeah, he didn't last too long. I mean, I know he was a great player at Duke, but I think he only played in the yeah. NBA for a handful of years. Yeah. Um, so so for up- the record, that's what happened. <laughs> okay, I'll tell Devin. I'll tell Devin. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. So you end up getting drafted by Atlanta, 27th pick in the 99 draft, get traded to Philadelphia where you spend the first two years of your career. Yes, yeah, playing for Larry Brown, playing with Allen Iverson. Um, 
end up going to the NBA Finals in 2001 versus the Lakers. Uh, that was definitely something I wanted to ask you about, just that playoff run you had with the Sixers. I know you were playing a lot, especially when George Lynch went down. Um, you had a great series versus the Raptors, the Bucks, and then um, some highlight real dunks in the finals. I posted one on Instagram like a week or two ago of an alley-oop that you had in the NBA finals. Uh, yeah. What do you remember most about that playoff run and then that final series? Well, the funny, the funny thing is that I was in Philly doing some training and I was at in on a Sixers practice. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and talked with Larry Brown for like an hour, just me and him just having a conversation. And he would just sit there and be like, man, I wish I had opportunity to draft you, but we know you're not going to be there mm. by the time we get our draft. So that was whole, that whole thing was weird, that the fact that, you know, all the lottery teams went by, and I'm sitting like, I don't know where I'm going to land because I didn't work out for any of these teams. Mm-hmm. And luckily, Larry Brown had some interest because he was trying to move up in the draft to try to draft me. Mm. So it was just weird how that whole thing, uh, the whole thing happened. But I had a great experience on Larry Brown. Loved everything about him. He always rewarded uh, hard work, which which I always always did. And this the funny story is about Larry. It was my first day at practice because I had led the SEC in scoring. All I ever knew was score mm-hmm. my whole life. And uh, he comes up to me my first day of practice and was like, "Look here, young fella." If you want to play on my team, you got to find something else to do. Because we got a little guy on our team who's going to shoot 50 times a night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm like, so now I'm sitting there looking like, what? Yeah. You need find something else to do. I thought that's why y'all drafted me. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, right. So luckily I had some great teammates and veterans I had around. And they was like, listen, man, if you want an opportunity – to be able to do what you really do, man, you got to play some defense for Larry Brown. Mm. I was like, what? So that was something that I actually had to learn how to do because I never done it. All I did was score my whole life. So, but to be able to be under Larry Brown to be able to get that experience and knowledge that he taught me of the game was a great experience. And and then for them to make the the trade with Tony Kuko, I felt privileged because. Larry Brown had a meeting with me. He said, listen, I think we've got to make this trade with Tony Kukos and send him there, which means you're going to start playing minutes. Come oh, on. yeah. Are, are you ready for that? I said, am I ready? You know, I never had a coach come to me tell, you know, to tell me that. So that was something new for me, especially a coach like Larry Brown. I never had that conversation with him. I absolutely. I was ready. I was excited about it. Yeah. And, uh, and I started playing, playing more uh, in that second that second half of the year, but the experience to be able to go to, I think every, every series was game seven, I think it was, we went in that. Yeah, in that, you uh, definitely went game seven versus, versus Toronto and then Milwaukee. I'm trying to remember who you played in the first round. I think you played Indiana, uh, Indiana. maybe. Yeah, yeah Indiana. Indiana, yeah, yeah. Yeah, every, everything went the distance. So it was yeah. exciting, man, just to be able to go in and get that experience, being so young, second year in the league, to be able to play in the finals. <laughs> to be able to be around such great people with the teammates I had, uh, the legendary coach in Larry Brown, one of the t- one of the best players that ever played in Larry, I mean, in Allen Iverson, mm-hmm. who was a great teammate. Um, it, it, that was a great run. And then we, for us to go in 
after the Lakers swept everybody that year, for us to go to L.A. and get that first win made us feel like we were going to win the championship that year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As a Laker fan, I vividly remember that game. And uh, I think, game, you know, game two was close until the end, and then game three was close until I know Ori hit yeah. a big shot in the corner to help put yeah. it away. Um, yeah, so that series game. was probably – that was a very close five-game series for it being a five-gamer. And I really and, – and, and I, was, I had an argument with somebody the other day who was writing down that we were the worst finals team ever. I said, well, maybe I don't know what the definition of team means. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, team? Like, first of all, we got the Ken Bay Matomo, who's a Hall of Famer, Allen Iverson, who's a Hall of Famer. And look at, the, look at the team that we beat to get to the finals. Like, what do you mean we we were the worst final team? Uh-huh. Please let me know what y'all mean by that. Yeah. Because <laughs> team means team. Like, uh, we, I mean, we had two all-stars. Well, actually, yeah, we had two all-stars, a six-man of the year. Yeah. Yeah, and, Aaron, and Aaron McKee. McKee. Yeah, another and former Laker. And some hard-working players. Yeah. Players that worked uh, hard. I did an episode with George Lynch because uh, he, he started his career with the Lakers. In the early nineties, yeah, yeah, he was drafted that. at U. I think his first uh, three years were with the Lakers, maybe four, three or four years. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Oh, George Lynch, he's in Atlanta now. He's coaching uh, college. Yeah, yeah, that's what we talked. It was like Clark University, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. Then you go on to be on two of the pre-LeBron Cleveland teams. Uh-huh. I remember. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> How could I forget that? Yeah. Over Cleveland, I tell him like, look here, y'all. I should get everything free in this city. We help y'all bring LeBron in. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's when you, uh, you know, kind of got more consistent minutes. Your first year, you were starting a lot. You know, playing 25, 26, 27 minutes a night. Um, you know, when I did an episode with Tier Brown, we talked a little bit about those Cleveland teams and just. Uh, you know how you know people were saying that the organization might be tanking for LeBron, LeBron, but he vehemently denied it and said y'all were going all out every game trying to win. Okay, we, we I mean the players that we had, that's that's all we knew how to do was compete. That was that's all we did. The players we had all worked hard, and we definitely had fun around each other. So every night we went out, we was competing. Um. Then before your year in L.A., you had a year in Boston, 2003-2004, get a chance to play for another legendary franchise. Uh, Was it hard for you going to Boston, coming from Cleveland where you were playing a lot, to going to Boston where you didn't get to see as much action? Well, um, you know, my first two years in in Philadelphia, I learned so much from Larry Brown and and was getting the winning uh, feeling and then to go to Cleveland where we were down and, I became a free agent at that time, and Cleveland was trying to sign me back for a three-year deal, and it was with more money uh, to stay in Cleveland. But I just wanted to get back to the playoffs and to a winning spirit. And this is when uh, Paul Pierce, Antoine Walker, and mm-hmm. you know they they had a nice little squad over there. So I felt that if I can go in and help them, to help the team that's been in the playoffs. Somewhere I've had experience, and I thought that would be a better fit for me. And then I end up, I end up tearing my 
my hamstring. I was I think I was out most of the year with injuries mm-hmm. that that first year. Uh, there and then the playoffs came around and they just threw me out there after being oh, yeah. hurt most of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't go well. <laughs> no, no. Um, so that doesn't go well. And then uh, the next year, definitely the year I want to talk about, 2004, 2005, your year with the Lakers. Uh, do you remember what you were doing when you found out you got traded to the Lakers? Um, no, I don't, actually. No, no? Okay. No. Uh, just re- I was researching I- that trade a little bit. And so at first, so was, I mean, for basically Gary Payton and Rick Fox – and for you, Chris Mim and Marcus Banks, and then they had to redo the deal. And uh, I guess that's when they included would that have been Chucky instead, or uh... well, well, I know I know my experience being traded with the Sixers to Cleveland was a shocker for me because I thought I had played well, and that you know, like I was right after the finals, I was in the gym because I was excited mm-hmm. about getting another opportunity to go back and do it again. Yeah. So I was working out, and, and my my cousin answered the phone, and he was like, "Man, your agent wants you." I said, "Man, tell him I'm working out." Yeah. I hit him later, and he was like, "No, he needs to talk to you right now." Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then that's how that went, and then I got traded again when I was in Cleveland. I don't think a lot of people uh, remember this trade. They traded me to um, uh, this is what the year before LeBron. So they traded me to Sacramento for uh, Mateen Cleves. Oh, okay. I don't... I, I go out there, I find me a place, I get all, uh, all the Sacramento gear, <laughs> and then they hit me back and was like, oh, the trade didn't go through Mateen Cleves felt this physical. Oh, no. <laughs> so now I got to go back to Cleveland where the thing where they just traded me. Uh-huh. And I saw the be okay and come in here and still work hard every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was tough, that was tough for me in Cleveland. Uh, I really learned about it being the NBA being a business. Yeah, that's what a lot of the guys have talked about. They just talk about you know those trades that come out of nowhere and just you know, have to completely uproot themselves for you know maybe a year or two and then end up getting traded again. And it's just kind of you know you never know what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, but yeah, that uh, 2004, 2005 year in LA, like I was telling you, I've talked to a lot of guys about uh, from that team, and it's really just such a unique year in the for the Laker history. Just you know, it's the first year post Shaq. Um, yeah. You guys had Rudy Tomjanovich come in, and he steps down. Frank Hamlin ends up taking over, and yeah. I remember uh, for the you know first half of the year, past the All Star break, you guys were in the playoff picture. I know there were some injuries, like Kobe had a bad ankle sprain and Lamar went down. Um, but you guys were still in that playoff picture, holding on to that, you know, seventh, eighth spot. And then, you know, mid-March, April that year, it seems like everything just kind of fell apart and you fell completely out of the playoff picture. Um, I was wondering, do you remember that? Or what What do you think caused such a I, dramatic I, shift? I, 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 I remember it like yesterday. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, if you, if you think about it, um, it, it was Kobe's uh, – First year not playing out of the triangle offense, mm-hmm. so um, you know it was. I, I I thought that was you know a little different look for Kobe. It was. I was wondering how he, he was going to play without playing in that uh, offense. So what I think happened was we uh we had a system playing in with with Rudy, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Then when he went out, Frank Hamlin came in and started interpolating the the, the uh, he started putting in the triangle offense. And anybody that ever played in the triangle offense know how difficult this 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 is for people that that haven't haven't never done it. You got to got to have a real high basketball IQ to be able to play in a triangle offense. Mm-hmm. So I just think that it put a lot of people in a different uh, different position. The only person that was really comfortable doing it was Kobe because he played in it. Yeah, and for Lamar, so he, I think Lamar played pretty well in there because you know he just was gifted athlete and just really yeah. Played the but it was difficult for everybody else. They didn't. I know it was difficult for me. A lot of other players that play, it was difficult for them to play in the Tiger offense, and they wasn't comfortable in playing really? in there. So I think that that was that's was when the downfall came along when when that was in, um, put into the offense. Uh, that's interesting. I think um, I think that was similar to Tier's answer, just because you know, I vividly remember that season, and so I was just always thinking like, oh man, I can't believe they're they're going to hold on and they, they you know they could make the playoffs as a seventh or eighth seed, and then just that nosedive at the end of the year kind of killed it. So I've always just kind of wondered what was happened, what happened, and I remember asking Tier that and Brian Grant and. I think I asked Chucky the same question too. So it's just interesting to hear all the different perspectives. Yeah. So you're there that one year in LA and correct me if I'm wrong. You were there for the next training camp when Phil Jackson came back, right? Yeah. So and it's, then it's, I guess, it's, a, uh, it's a funny story when Phil came, man, because I don't know. Phil was uh, like, he would always look at me a certain way. And like, I don't know. Like it was weird. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't never, I never knew what it meant. Like he would always look at me a certain way and give me a certain kind of look, and I was like, okay, am I in trouble? <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. like what's going on? <laughs> like why is he looking at me like this? And and he would, he would do it all the time. And then uh, one day he called me in, and like I've had so much respect for Phil ever since this because you know I had been through trades, I had been through uh, you know a couple trades already, and then. Phil actually called me into the office and he said, "Listen, a lot of the, I got a lot of people at your position." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "He was like, uh, you had a, you had a great year last year." And he was like, "I would feel terrible to sit you on the bench this year after the year that you just had last year." He was oh, like, wow. "I rather," and he was like, "I rather uh, give you opportunity to go play somewhere else because I got to play the guys that I won championships with." You know what I mean? I couldn't do number of respect that. Like, yeah, you know, man, just his reasoning there, is so cool. You know, to come there. You know, even if the reason might have been bullshit, like at least I got one. He brought me in to talk to me face to face, but that uh-huh. rarely happens now. Like, yeah. I respect that. I'm trying to think who they would have had it to at the three that next year. I guess it was Devin George was there. Um, yep. I did an episode with Devin Karan. Green, but he he didn't play Karan. a lot. Oh no, Karan got uh, traded uh, th- that next year. I mean, he got traded for Kwame Brown that after that year you were in L.A. with him. Um, and I know so. it was like five of us because they were trying to play Lamar at the three two. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been. Uh, it was Luke Walton, me. Yeah, Luke, um, Devin, George. Uh, yeah, it was. Lamar. It was like five of us at the position. I'm, yeah. I okay. And the reason and the reason being that I played so much last year because nobody expected me to come over there and play, but all the injuries had came in. 
Oh yeah. He was out, you know, a lot, and then I ended up playing and I played well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely. I, I respect it. I respect it. Uh, you know what? Feel to pull me in the office and tell me that I felt great about it. Right. Then the next year you get traded to Charlotte. And I posted this on Instagram too. Your career high was against the Lakers the next year. I think you had 31 when the Lakers came to Charlotte that year. So was there a little extra pep in your step that night to kind of show the Lakers what they had traded away? Well, I mean, it, it was funny because from when I got traded, I think we were on the schedule to play them like the next week or something or two weeks. It was it wasn't that long. So it was just. Um, I mean, any athlete that competes and get traded, they're always going to play better against the team that, that traded them. Yeah. So you're definitely going to have any player that said that they don't have any extra juice to play against a team that traded them. That's not true. Okay. <laughs> Especially if you're a competitor. You just want to right. go out and try to prove to them like y'all shouldn't have never done that. So that definitely gave me a little extra power. Yeah. <laughs> I I I don't think I I don't remember watching that game, but I definitely remember reading about it that you were like torching the Lakers one night, and I was just thinking like, oh, he was just on the team last year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I definitely remember reading about that game. Um, then you had a brief stop in Phoenix, that oh six oh seven year before a lengthy career overseas. And just given that you know how well you performed as a Laker and on the Bobcats and you know Cleveland and everything, was there an option for you to return to the NBA during your time overseas? Um, well, my thing, my thing was once the, uh, I actually signed the Phoenix on crutches. That was crazy. But I was oh, yeah. actually, contem- I was actually contemplating going overseas before signing with Phoenix. Oh, really? <laughs> I was. And I, and, and in my mind, all I was thinking was like, if I lead the league, that means there's no way that I can come back. Cause, oh, uh, Phoenix, okay. Like, like Phoenix and Phoenix was the only team that was trying to give me a contract that year. I would have thought, like, yeah, you know, just how well you played at Charlotte or, you know, other teams that would see what you can do just, you know, as an athletic wing who developed a good, you know, three-point shot that you would have had a more interest to, but I don't no. know. Yeah, I was, that was the only um, team that, uh, you know, gave me an offer, and I was sitting there thinking, like, wow, like, this is the only offer that I have? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. The team roster is already made up, and you can go out and try out for a team. I was like, well, no, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna uh, go try out for a team. Yeah. So, because I was contemplating on there was a team in um, Maccabi. Maccabi Tel Aviv was a team that was very, very interested in me coming over there, and mm-hmm. they offered me a lot of more money than I had ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, um. <laughs> Should I go overseas or should I just stay in Phoenix? Yeah, and go overseas. So that, that that was a tough that was a tough decision for me to make, being that you know it could have secured a lot, for, you know, for my future to go over there. Mm-hmm. And then I end up. Uh, it's crazy that I end up tearing two ligaments in my ankle, and I was on crutches, and they still signed me. So that was that was. The, Made my decision. Like, okay, they still gonna find me, but Maccabi's not. <laughs> now that I'm injured, right? Kind of like my only option at the time. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, you had about a seven, eight year career overseas. What were some of your favorite stops overseas? Looks like you kind of played everywhere. Well, I, I played four years in Italy. That was by far my favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. 
favorite favorite uh, country to play in. Uh, played in Russia, uh, Israel, and Bulgaria. Won uh, won like three championships in in Bulgaria. That was fun to be able to. Um, it was funny because I took it as a it was a team over there that had beat the same team like ten years in a row, and the team came to me and like, listen, we won, we lost to this team ten years straight, and I was like, oh, perfect. Sign me up for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Sign me up for that. That means y'all going to always remember me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if we win the championship. So I ended up winning there in, in, in Bulgaria. But Italy by far was um, by far the best uh, country I played in. Well, that's about all I had. I really appreciate you taking the time doing this tonight, Jermaine. I know I've been asking you to get on the podcast for a while, and I hope this yeah. uh, you know, satisfies some Laker fans who have been asking for me to get you on. And they're all interested yeah. in what you're doing nowadays, and they remember your time you know, representing the Lakers fondly. So thank you again for coming on. Okay. Appreciate it.